1: So, you know, like each, hay, my, my, I do jazz hands and each layer, my hands get higher until they're all the way out and my fingers are wiggling in the air. I just want to give you a visual, a visual. Oh, that's a good visual.
2: (laughs) And just, I know you can't see me either. Just know that I'm, I'm taking a knee right now.
0: (laughs) Solidarity.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. Yes. Let's talk about that. Like, that's a really great way to open up. Hey y'all. Welcome to Brown Ambition.
2: (laughs) Happy Brown Ambition Wednesday. Yes. So this is one of those news stories that seemed to be unfolding over the weekend and I would catch a tweet here and there, like a te- like a news alert here and there and I was like, What's happening? I don't really watch football. But I remember all like the controversy with Callan Kaepernick. Is that how you say his name? I um, think so, yep. Yeah. So he refused to he took the knee way back like last season, um, during all the you know, and protest of police violence against black um, blacks in America right that was why he did that then and then apparently like he hasn't been able to he hasn't been drafted this season so mm-hmm. like no one wants to touch him and hire him and and then it just sort of like it seemed like every day the story escalated and it got bigger and bigger and there's all these there's like these players now what was a small problem Trump came out mm-hmm. as he does with all his free time um, to tweet and rally his base Um Calling, he even at a rally apparently referred to people like Colin Kaepernick in indirectly as a son of a bitch. Yeah, uh, yeah. Our president, cool. <laughs> president Doltart. <laughs> you know, it's like when you think he can't go possibly any lower, he just exceeds he, expectations. He
1: literally, like literally. You say to yourself, "This man can't go lower," and he says, "Get me a shovel. I'll show you. <laughs> like
2: I'm gonna dig this. I'm gonna dig this ditch all the way to all North the Korea, way,
1: all the way down to Korea, and sit with their president so we could talk about how we're both nuts, nuts. though. Mr. Rocket but, Man. <laughs> really? No, honestly, it's just crazy to me because you think to yourself, okay, with all the things that are happening, with you know, um, um, Hurricane Irma, with what's happening in Puerto Rico." with like, you know, North Korea, with just like world events in general, for you to take the time out of your busy comb over schedule to like make comments about not just the NFL, but the NBA. Did you see the comment he made to Stephen Curry? No. So Stephen Curry... You know, he's a guy with the um, super cute daughter, yeah. right? Yeah, super cute family. And so I guess they invited him to the White House. I don't know if they won a championship or whatever. For whatever reason, he was invited. And he declined. And so because our current president is a child, he tweeted him, Stephen Curry, coming to the White House is an honor. And because you're hesitating, your um, invite is rescinded.
2: And I'm oh, like, oh yeah, what? He's like, well, you can't come to my party. I uninvite you. Yes. This you can't is- come to my
1: birthday party. You can't come. We're not even friends anymore. <laughs> and you're like, what are you, five?
2: Yeah, he literally he has, the, he has the, the temperament of a five-year-old. This is, what, yep. this, this is the same thing. He, he's so predictable. This is the same thing he did after the CEO of – I forget which company it was – stepped down from his business council in the wake of his comments – or sorry, lack of comments um, after Charlottesville. And then that business owner, was that CEO, was followed by a couple of other CEOs. And he's like, oh, you guys can't leave my business advisory council. I'm disbanding the whole thing. There will be no business advisory council to leave. I mean, this is just like textbook president mango face.
1: Maybe I'll watch sports now. Yeah. mm, I'll just let Superman give me the recap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So... Now that you know how people say, like, um like, it, like they'll tell you, like, when, you, like, if you're a book writer, you're, they'll say, you know, you think, you know, when you're writing the book, it's the hardest part. They're like, ah, oh, man, that's the easiest part. It's what comes after. So now that we bought the house, it's the what comes after.
2: Ooh, so, do tell.
1: So apparently, you know, so well one, like, um, we did, uh, so you know, the the, well, we haven't exchanged money for the house yet. Yet. we had to do a title search which, which just was clear today and apparently I didn't realize what the title search I thought it was just the home but apparently there's a title search on you like who do you owe and I of course I came back clear but Superman had something from when he was 18 it was like 108 bucks but we have to pay that oh. and it was like yeah I didn't know that to was-
2: to what entity like a public like utility or something
1: Something I don't know. Like I was, I was looking through. I just knew that it was his. I, I took a cursory glance because his name is. It's not common, but it's kind of common because its last name is Smith. So his first name is semi-commonish. So, um, so there was a lot. So we had to really dig through like page after page. It was 73 pages. I didn't realize that. And I was like, wow. So the title searches like the property to see if the property has any liens on it. It doesn't owe anyone. The person. Before you, like, who owned the property before you to make sure there's no liens that would stop the the uh, the sale of the house, and then you yourself, and I was like, what? And so, like I said, I came back clear, but he had this one hundred and eight dollar fine. It looked like something from like like it looked like maybe it was like a, a a ticket or something from court or something like that when he was eighteen, and you know, likely it was just moving from place to place and just forgot about it, and so it came up in the 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 title search and you know, and I was just like, wow. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously we'll pay the $108, but I thought I, I didn't even, I never knew that was something I bought a house before, but I guess because nothing ever came up under my name. It wasn't something I thought about. Um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah. So I was like, Oh, okay. We'll pay the $108, but I just, is I had a her,
2: deal breaker. Like who it
1: is surprisingly, like, not that it's a lot of money, but so I asked her, well, what would have happened if he owed like, you know, or like, just say if, if but we're pay- I said, is this because we're paying cash? And um, my realtor was like, no, the bank would have actually held up the mortgage until it was satisfied because their worry is that um, you don't want anyone to have to come and say, hey, before this transaction takes place, this person or this property or whatever owes me. And so I was like, Oh, okay. So I don't know. I I'm sure I'm saying it incorrectly. I probably could have got more details, I guess, cause it was $108. I wasn't digging super deep, but it seemed like we wouldn't be able to get title insurance, which means that I guess if later on 10 years from now, someone says, Hey, there is actually a second mortgage on the house you owe. We wouldn't have to pay that because we have title insurance, but they wouldn't clear us for title insurance. if, we didn't pay these things off,
2: so how much know? time do you have?
1: um they said that they want to close by my birthday, which is October sixteenth, so we have plenty of time I mean we're like basically we have a title uh company, so we're just gonna I call to figure out like what do we do now because I'm like, I don't even know who to pay, like what court to pay or whatever, so we just give him the the eight oh hundred and eight dollars or whatever, and then he pays. He satisfies the payment, you know, gives us a receipt and then we're good to go so we can have title insurance. So no one can then come and put a lien on the property based upon old debts, basically, because oh. we did our due diligence. But I didn't even know that. I'm like, woo, mind blown. Wait, who who
2: takes the check from you?
1: The title insurance company. So they, they run the, they run the title search. And so everyone is paying the title insurance company. They're like our escrow, basically. So we paid the deposit. To, we, instead, of, instead of getting like a, a lawyer, we decided to go with the title insurance company because we're paying cash. So we're not negotiating anything. Um, but we, I still wanted a title search. So like the, the bank side, um, we're, who we're paying, they do a title search. But I wanted to do a title search, too, on our side to make sure that this property doesn't have any liens on it. And in, and, in, and in order for us to have insurance on the title search, meaning you did your due diligence, you're no longer liable. We have to satisfy whatever it is that we owe um, and whatever it is that either party might owe. And so we end up owing one hundred eight dollars. Everybody else is free and clear. So I asked, well, how do we pay? Because it says like, I don't know, New Jersey state court, whatever it is. And I'm like, well, do we just call them up and pay them? He's like, no, you could pay, you know, write a check out. We pay them. Obviously, we send you proof of payment. Um, and then we can move forward with the closing of the, of the sale of the house. And like I said, I might be saying, I know I was like, I, like I said, I'd never, because I ne- I guess I like none of my friends ever had anything come up. At least they never told me and I've never had anything come up in a title search. So it was like, Oh, okay. Well, that's not true. When I bought my first house the man who owned the house had gotten a divorce. So in the title search, it did show that his wife was like co-owner or whatever that was, but nothing came up on my end. So I didn't realize that, that there you might have to pay. But what was crazy was there was different iterations of his name. And there were people there that like, if you added up everything they owed, it was like ten, twenty thousand $20,000. And I'm like, so what if they went to buy a house and didn't even know they owed all this? You could literally just not be able to buy a house, you know? So it's- it just... You know, really important that it's just another, I guess, bullet to say why it's so important your credit and stuff, staying on top of your credit and credit report is so important. Because, yeah, and
2: you never do think about yourself, the buyer being, because the title search, the whole point of it, I always thought, was just to make sure that the people who were selling it had the right to sell it. Um, me too. Me yeah. too. Honestly,
1: interesting. So I was like, wait, what? I'm gonna do a little more digging. But I was like, what? I didn't know that. And she said, yep. So like I said, it wasn't much for us. But what if it was like, he owed, you know, $8,000? What would we you know, I mean, we pay it, but it would have been like a huge shock, you know, like, what?
2: Yikes. There's a lot of people who would be like, Oh, well, that's putting us out of the game. Like, there's no Ex- way.
1: Exactly. That's what I thought to myself. I was like, Look, look at you, sir. He was like, it's $108. I'm like, still. I was like, I'm looking at the date. It's like 1998. I'm like, when you were 18, he was like, it probably was some ticket. And I was like, whatever. And I'm like, it's come back to haunt you. <laughs> so it's just an interesting part of the journey. I'm going to do a little bit more digging and maybe I'll explain it a little better next time. But this yeah. is what like it literally just happened today. So it was like fresh on my mind, like what?
2: And would that not show up on his credit report?
1: We didn't see it because it, it's old. It's, it's clearly some sort of violation. It looks like he might have had a ticket or something. Cause it's old to, to a court system. So it didn't show up on his – I don't know. Do, do, like, parking tickets or whatever tickets show up on your um, on your credit report? Not, like,
2: the one you get from Experian, not that I know of. But I know, yeah. like you t- like, one time I – I remember in college, one summer, you know how every summer you move out of your apartment or whatever. I stayed – I had – we all moved out. But, like, the power bill was still in my name and it was never shut down. Mm-hmm. And I had these – a bunch of, like, missed payments from Georgia Power on my credit report that I had to – um, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't supposed to be charged, but they just had never cut off service anyway. Okay. So I had to, but th- that showed up on my credit report. But I don't know about well, tickets.
1: And that's why I thought, that's why I was thinking, because I checked his credit report, it didn't show up. So it's likely that tickets, outstanding tickets, don't show up on your credit report. It just shows up, I guess, during, I don't even know, super thorough background checks. Because I've never, I mean, I've had tickets that I've forgotten to pay and I've gotten like, you know, like warnings in the mail, like, we're going to take your license. And I haven't seen that on my credit report. So that's likely why it was missed. He says he vaguely remembers like, oh, yeah, I kind of vaguely remember. But, you know, so just keeping that in mind that like if you have some outstanding like tickets, it it looks like most of the stuff is legal based, meaning like most of the stuff that wasn't his and all the pages that I kind of went through, it looked like all of them were court related in some way. Right. Like there, you know what I mean? Like there wasn't anything on there, like, like I saw a guy owe child support and then it was like somebody, there was like some forensic something. So I guess, I don't know if it, oh, there was a public defender one where somebody, I guess, you know, had gotten into trouble and I guess they were charging them for the public defender. I don't know. It was just really interesting to kind of, it kind of intrusive. I was like, well, that's not even his full name. Like, like some people had different spellings of his name and totally different years, but I was able to see like, all that they kind of owed. So it was really interesting to be like, wow, this is kind of like, like they would even say, did you live at this address? That's how we knew which ones were his. It was, it had like the last four digits of your social, the address associated and then the name. So those three things kind of had to match and it was only one for him. And then the rest, he was yes, like, no, sir. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So. I'm reading that this is right. So it's not that the city like will send an unpaid parking ticket, like, report that on your credit but if they sell it to a debt collector which some cities do for like even for like uh, library fines um like library fines or unpaid uh uh yeah parking tickets um then that collection activity will be reported and then maybe mm. you can track it but that's that's weird but i mean you know
1: part of the process like?
2: yeah any other like uh pickups or, or
1: lessons learned uh well we did find that like and i guess it's tr- like for an old house like i said before like the the, the, we have to get the house rewired, which could be anywhere from eight to $15,000. Um, so, but that was something we knew. Ooh, 15. Ouch. I know. But that was something we kind of mentally prepared for because I knew that of the four major things, plumbing, foundation, roof and electric that at least one in a house that's almost a hundred years old, at least one of them was going to be something. So of all the ones, that's the one I was kind of like, okay, that's less than doing, you know, a foundation, which we would just have to leave the house. Um, and so that's, you know, something that we're trying to figure out now. Like, so what are we going to do as far as fixing up the house? A lot of it is cosmetic, but some of it is cosmetic, but large projects that I want. Like, I want a new master bath, and I want a different, a different kitchen. So it, the kitchen and the bathroom, they they're fine and they're functional. I just want it new. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. only the minutes. electric. Yes, only the electric is like we must do it. Everything else is like paint and sanding and you know that kind of stuff. So we could technically just pay for the wiring and then just paint and like sand and stuff ourselves. But I'm like, well, we're gonna live here for a while. I want to come home every day. Well, I don't leave the house, I want to be in the house every day. <laughs> I want to be in the house every day and saying, like, oh, I love my house. So we're trying to figure out like, do we go with a contractor or do we instead hire different um, subcontractors to do the actual work itself. Cause if you hire a contractor, you kind of pay a premium because they're going to hire subcontractors to do the work. So we're trying to figure out like, what's the best way to move ahead. I really don't want to spend more than $60,000 to get the house to where we want it. But Sounds I'm assuming reasonable, according to my HGTV research. I know that's exactly <laughs> 30,000 well, is a
2: kitchen, right? That's what I've heard.
1: That's Property I've... brothers <laughs> could do that. I know. I was thinking that, but then I was thinking because, like downstairs, like I feel so like official because downstairs there's only one real wall, and I'm like, this looks like a load bearing wall. Meanwhile, how would I know? But my (laughs) assumption is it's the only wall downstairs. So, and it's it's separating the kitchen from the dining room, and the kitchen's a little narrow. So I'd love for that wall to be taken down, but I don't know. Is that obviously that's going to increase fixing the kitchen? you know, by a lot. And so my concern, so that's where we kind of are now. Like, well, where do we, what do we do? Do we, cause there's a lot of work that he can do himself. So we certainly will like painting and sanding and stuff so we can save money, but he, he's, he can't renovate a kitchen and he he doesn't know how to like totally renovate a bathroom. So we're just trying to figure out like, what do we do? Because if you have an electrician, you have to know where things are going to go.
2: Yeah. And a contractor is like, they're sort of like the man, they're managing the whole process yes. and. I don't know. I feel like that's the one thing I wouldn't skimp on personally. But you have someone who can sort of like has experience, even though husband, you know, you know, knows a thing or two. Yeah. No, but I think no, but I told him for the
1: major projects we're getting a contractor. So I guess we're just trying to figure out. Okay, beside the kitchen and the bathroom, is there? I don't necessarily want to hire a contractor for the electric work because we could just hire an electrician. You see what I mean? I guess that's where it's like. Well, do look at I wanna hire professionals for all the major things, but I don't necessarily want the contractor to hire the professionals for the for certain things because I'm like, Well, we could just go directly to that professional themselves and let the contractor just work on like maybe two major projects and then like if we need a plumber, let's just hire a plumber, not the contractor to hire the plumber. So there's like more money, you know, so there's a bunch, but I'm honestly, I everybody's seen the house. I've brought everybody through, even though, you know, technically we're not supposed to be all up in the house because we haven't paid for it, but whatever.
2: i um, are <laughs> already having
1: a housewarming. <laughs> I wasn't invited. No, I no, we just been walking through like, girl, what you doing on Saturday? Want to go, want to do a walkthrough? <laughs> And so, like, opening the lockbox, right, using the key, meanwhile, you're not supposed to do that. But we're here now. I'm just really excited. We're it's just- okay.
2: This is a private conversation. It's not like
1: <laughs> thousands
2: of people are going to listen.
1: And y'all don't know where, where the house is. You don't like, wait, right? I've never sent the address, or so whatever. Um, are time- like, challenge accepted.
2: <laughs> exactly. Girl, don't talk like that on the interwebs these days.
1: I know. But the Chinese I was, I was, I was are
2: just- probably listening. The Russians probably listening to us.
1: Right, but I'm excited though because I can't wait to have like I want to have Thanksgivings and definitely we'll have a house for me. Of course, you and um husband are definitely invited. It's gonna be fun. It's I gonna be like the, I want to be the
2: downplay how exciting it is for him because I'm really trying to drag this out.
1: No, get <laughs> a house, get yes. a house. <laughs>
2: we went we went looking at a couple of two neighborhoods that he has liked has been looking at online in Jersey. And I was finally like, let's just go check out these neighborhoods and see what they're like and see what the houses are like. And um, the neighborhoods are Montclair and Maplewood, New Jersey.
1: Ooh, you should have told me. I would have came with you. Those are great neighborhoods, honestly. Like M- Montclair, from what I remember, and I don't know if this is still true, but it's one of the, it's like the interracial. It is. Isn't it? <laughs> so is many it mixed babies.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we saw a few. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's the interracial, well, actually, like, but... Like officially the interracial like capital of America or something crazy, like the most interracial couples like per capita in the city or something like that. Something crazy. The two or, like, couples in New that I
2: know who live there are both in inter- are both interracial. So confirmed. Stereotype so is true.
1: <laughs> it's a great, great, great city. And then Maplewood is also an awesome um, city. You, you guys would really like it. It's really like homey. It's really like and it's next to Newark. And in that, that the airport and travel to the city, all of that stuff is really easy. But I'm not gonna lie, Maplewood and Montclair, especially Montclair, pricey. Yeah,
2: but not as pricey as the apartments for- I want <laughs> in, <laughs> in Astoria and in Jersey City. But um, we're just looking. You know, I I feel like it's hard, it's hard to, um, it's hard to just look at listings online. You know, you, I want to be out there and just kind of see and get a feel for towns. But it it feels very much like. Going back to my suburban upbringing and, you know, in a lot of ways it's – you know, I love seeing like kids playing in the neighborhood and, you know, trees and greenery and, you know, kind of like a real neighborhood, you know, not like where where there's sidewalks and it's it's a, it's separate from traffic and it's kind of back in like really beautiful old – houses and and they're both really beautiful but it just it's just too far there's it's so quiet
1: i don't know i know i'm like yay we'll be neighbors for real because literally newark is like literally like you know maybe like 10 minutes if that like yay come on mandy it's not
2: that far now
1: (laughs) i know and honestly truthfully it's actually jersey city is super close to Newark. but you know it's just very like i love like i love montclair and because i went to montclair state university it's got amazing restaurants you'll love that yeah that's that's how he got me there he lured me there with the promise of dinner (laughs) Yeah, yeah did you where'd you guys eat
2: uh this restaurant called raymond's
1: Oh yes, I love Raymond's. Oh my gosh. I'm like, Mandy, we're gonna be housewives together.
2: Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm gonna be sick again.
1: <laughs> oh Lord. oh my That was God. an evil
2: laugh. You should have heard hey, yourself. I
1: know. That's I'm what sorry.
2: happens when you get booed up and get suburban life. You
1: just want to lure everyone else in. I feel I'm, you. I'm, I'm like, come on in 309%. to barbecues on Saturdays. Come on in to like to like, you know, um garage sales on Sundays. <laughs> Oh, resist. <laughs> yeah. Now. Nah, so, all right. Well, now that we've uh, sickened Jamal and them, I know he's like, whatever. Um, <laughs> it is time. I believe. Unless you have anything else for for Buzzworthy. I don't think anything else. Well,
2: before I before I put my foot in my mouth, because I, I haven't – maybe I missed something. But other than Irma and just my heart goes out to Puerto Rico <laughs> – um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think. Oh, oh, actually, do you know anybody who has a parent or a grandparent in a nursing home?
1: Um, no, I, mm, no.
2: Or like hospice care. Well, mm. I my both my grand or my grandpa at a certain point was in when it was in hospice care, and my my great uncle is in like an assisted living facility. And I just I my heart went out to families because there was a story in the Times over the weekend that came out. It was so heartbreaking after. You know, when you put your you put your loved ones in a home because for a lot of reasons, there's a lot of guilt involved because you wish you could take care of them, but it's also a full-time job. You need help. And, you know, these places are expensive. Like, they can cost mm-hmm. thousands of dollars a month, and it's not the kind of thing that Medicare covers um, – or sorry, Medicaid covers. And, you know, if you haven't invested in things like long-term health insurance, it's hard to find the money. So I, I, I understand where so many families – why you turn to these facilities to help your loved ones. and. If your budget isn't big enough, you may have to settle on a less than stellar um, facility. And there's a story in um, uh, in Florida, I believe, around Miami, the Miami area. There was this nursing home, nursing home, and for three no several days after the hurricane swept through, this one was Maria. Wait, was it Maria or Jose or Irma? One of those. I think it was Irma. Wait. Okay. I'm Probably confused. Irma. Whichever. Sorry. Um. Anyway. The generators at the nursing care facility went down, and the nursing care workers were sort of – like they they called the governor's hotline. He had given – not even a hotline, his cell phone number. He would given his direct number. They left a message saying, you know, the generators are down. Quality of life is, you know, um, is decreasing. And there were other calls made to the power company and to another organization that was supposed to be helping um, with recovery efforts and rescue efforts. And somehow nothing got done. And three days later, several patients died from oh my heat gosh. stroke. Oh my gosh. And wait, they were across the street from a hospital. Across what? the street from a hospital, yes. So one patient was, one of the people in the nursing home was taken to the hospital with a high, high, high fever. And another one was, and no one at the hospital thought, is this a pattern? You know, no. It just, it's just like, it's just one of those, it's one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever read. And I just, so yeah I don't know. I just thought it's it's sad and it's it's one of those facilities that you know isn't the most expensive kind of place, and you know it wasn't apparently on on anyone's you know top of their priority list and it was just so sad that these these grandparents great grandparents you know passed away in such a sad way
1: um. wow i I can't even imagine because i I mean, I, my, I'm trying to think my, my father's uh, mother and father passed away way before I was born. And, um, my grandfather passed away maybe when I was a teenager and my grandmother, when I was in my, my, um, twenties. And so, but they all lived in Nigeria. So the the concept of nursing homes and all that kind of stuff is kind of, it's, it's not part of typically the Nigerian culture, especially if you're inside of Africa. So I can't even imagine it's one of the reasons why in, um like african culture that you live um in a the way you live in the community like each um each village is really extended family so right. i remember you know every, i remember the first time i went to nigeria and i'm in this village and they're like cuz my last name aliche is so unique in america and so my dad was introducing me to people like oh this is uh, chike aliche i was like oh my gosh my last name's aliche and this is john aliche oh my gosh my last name's Aliche. My dad was like, get it together. Everyone here is Aliche. I, I didn't know. I was like, wait, everyone? And he was like, yes. And I'm like, wait, everyone? And there, it was such a beautiful oral history because you could meet a seven-year-old and they would be like, oh, my, na- my, my name is uh, Mandy Aliche. My great-grandfather and your great-grandfather were brothers. And then so they could trace, everyone could trace back to how you were both Aliches and then my mom lived in a neighboring village and all of hers were her maiden name. And so that's how in that culture, you kind of like made sure you didn't intermarry because you live within your village. So, you know, you didn't marry within your village, you know? Okay. And so it was kind of great, you know, and then plus two because you knew your oral history, you could trace like, well, who was your, your mother, your mother's mother, your mother. So you could trace back. So literally when you like someone, your people would sit down and trace their history together to make sure there was no overlap before allowing you to date and marry which is kind of like awesome but I say all that to say that like as a result my grandparents lived in there they lived amongst family always and so I just can't even imagine like even now that my parents are getting older my dad is in his 70s I always think to myself like well what what would we do because right. I was, have you your know? sisters
2: and you talked about it
1: no and we should uh you know my mom is much younger than my dad my mom is like you know young tenderoni 11 years younger So she, you know, but still, you know, she's in her sixties and what, I don't know, honestly, but it is something that I've thought about because my dad, although he's really active and plays tennis and, and all that kind of stuff, still he's in his seventies. And, you know, if something were to happen to him, where my mom, I would be like, obviously come live with me, mommy, even though I know she'd work every last nerve in my body, but you know, that's what moms do. But I would love for her to come um, live with us. I can't even imagine, uh, putting her um, in a home only because of that. I'd be afraid that someone wouldn't look after her properly, you know?
2: Yeah, you're right. It's such a cult. It's a different kind of culture in America. Like, I feel like obviously there are a lot more normalized nursing homes and assisted living facilities and stuff. Um, But everyone I know, you know, including my husband's family, who's Dominican, um, that's not how they operate. Like you will, they will pack as many people as possible into a, you know, an apartment just to be together and just to be supporting each other, which on the one hand is beautiful. But on the other hand, it's like, okay, you're on top of each other and, you know, everyone's sort of in each other's lives, but it, it's a different, it's a totally different way of thinking. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see our parents aren't, you know, that, that old, it's where we've had mm-hmm. to have those conversations but it's something I think about all the time you know when my mom when my mom got remarried recently I can't lie when I said in the back of my mind I'm like okay good she'll have someone to to be there if she gets hurt again you know it mm-hmm. wasn't that long ago I think it was two three years ago that she fell on ice and shattered her kneecap and my oh sister thank God my sister was there and I had to fly out and we had to you know she couldn't walk for a long time and um, I remember thinking, uh, God, when, you know, she's on her own, I just, she, you know, what is she going to do if something worse were to happen? So I feel like this is just part of like, you know, adulthood. Adult, it's not like we become the parents, but it's hard to have these conversations and they, and it's hard to even know where to start. Yeah. Maybe I should ask no. her if she has a will. I don't know. I don't even know if she had the power of attorney. I should know these things.
1: I know. Right. I know being the financial people that we are, you know, I mean, my dad is really, uh, I know that he had a will, but now that we're like like fully grown I mean and I'm sure he still has a will but I wonder if it's updated because I can remember being like a teenager or whatever him showing us but I don't know like what it's what it is now and you're right power of returning all that kind of stuff you know or the passwords like will your mom know
2: I think about well my mom has control over everything because she's been on her own for a while but you know if if the husband a lot of times it's you know if the husband men do uh, on average live shorter lives than women so that's why I'm kind of stereotyping this situation but you know if a husband passes away and the wife is left you know does she is she empowered does she know where everything is so that you know she knows where the how the bills are paid and and where the finances are and where to find the will and where to find you know all the information that she'll need Um, because if she doesn't you know it's it's it, it can be it can be all that more stressful to a really already like sad you know situation yeah Okay. Don't worry. I have all my information in a Google Doc. knows exactly what it's called. You know what? It's so we're, crazy. My financial planner didn't think that was a good plan,
1: but I think it works. <laughs> He's like, oh, that's great. So at any moment of time, someone could hack you.
2: I mean, come on. We're all hacked now.
1: <laughs> oh, that's true. I'm just assuming. You know, that's true. Ah, <sighs> leave it to us though, to end BuzzFeed on such an uplifting note. I'm
2: saying like, that's why no one wants to talk about it. But see what I'm yeah. trying to do here? I'm trying to like, you know, <laughs> the know, taboo. We talk about money. Why can't we talk about death and old people? Yeah. <laughs> Those poor old people. So anyway, my heart goes out to people in Miami. Sorry to be a downer. But, you know, sit, You know, think Thanksgiving's coming up. What better time to sit down and have a really morbid discussion about wills and powers of attorney with your mom and dad?
1: So, it's time for Brown Break, Brown Boost. What you gonna do?
2: Are you gonna boost or are you gonna break with you? Oh, it's a little twist on it. A little remix. I
1: know. I know. A little, a little sign, sign. <laughs> uh, i go first. Mine's just easy. I am going to boost Ankara fabric and fashion. Do you know what Ankara is? Do you? Do you? Do you? Ankara is a city. A city? Where is the city? Is it in Nigeria? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Ankara is a city, but that's not what I mean. Ankara oh. <laughs> is. <laughs> so, Ankara is. Um, so, it's usually like African. Oh, it's in Turkey.
2: Close, though. I've been to Ankara. This is really tragic.
1: I literally have <laughs> been there before. All right, continue. Sorry. <laughs> well, when I'm talking about Ankara, I mean, and I don't know where they got the name from, but it's it's basically African print that's typically um, cut or oftentimes cut cut in a contemporary manner. So meaning like, I just bought a bomber jacket, but it's African print. So there, I, I went, I was in Atlanta for an event for Ford in essence. And there was a woman selling like her fashion designs. And I was just looking through them and I was like, oh, it was so cute. A bomber jacket, but with African print. So it's like this fun, funky, like I don't know. We're it's seen a lot be-
2: more of that. Remember that girl? The I forget her name. The teenager who like made her
1: prom dress yes. out of that, Kyra or something like that, Kai or something like that. Yup. And so that's Ankara, you know. And so I love it because it's like it's you know, as a kid, like when I was younger, my mom used to like get us all dressed up in like African garb, but I didn't like it because it was like the cut was very like you know, basically old fashioned. And now it's like you can represent, or even if you're not African, you can still wear it, but it's like fun and funky. You can get a blazer. I have really cute pencil, um, like these little pencil skirts that are Ankara fashion. So just want to give a boost to that because it looks so fly and I cannot wait to stun on these chicks out here. No, just joking. Y'all don't got to care, but I just can't wait to wear it because it's so cute. And I'm just like, everybody should love a little bit of Ankara Cause it just adds a little Little something extra because you could be wearing literally like a, a black turtleneck and black jeans, and then my blaze, my um, bomber jacket, and you guys are gonna think I'm so stylish.
2: Hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this is gonna become the same thing as like what are the, the long shirts, dashikis?
1: Yeah, I where like, where came like
2: out? He, yeah, but then there's like this whole conversation about cultural appropriation like who can wear a dashiki and who can't wear a dashiki. Um, like they've become so widespread that you'll see. I remember listening to another round one time. I love that show, and they were—I think it was Tracy. She's like from Kentucky, and she was making. She was talking about seeing like a white guy at at the Verizon store, like wearing a dashiki, and she's like, "It's gone too far. Mm. (laughs) Where did we draw the line? (laughs) How far? How much African ancestry do you need? Can I wear Ankara? I don't want to offend anybody. I probably shouldn't."
1: No, no, you totally could. I, I think I think that's what's so special about Ankara is that it's purposefully cut, oftentimes in this contemporary way, so that way it's it it invites like people who might not otherwise wear African fabric because you're like this is a really cute blazer that you know you know so it's not like you're wearing a gele which is like a head tie, and you're like hey like you know and th- like there's certain there's head ties where. It's tied contemporarily and there's really like cultural head ties where people might feel like, which I wouldn't mind either way, but I get what you're saying. But I think that's the purpose of cutting Ankara in like stuff that you would normally wear, like a pencil skirt or like, um, you awesome. know, like ankle pants and like, you know, stuff like that and blazers. So
2: yeah, when I wasn't in my friend Tolu's wedding, she's Nigerian and she was hey Tolu, um, But she if you were like close friend, she let you we all wore the same fabric, but we got it cut in like modern like I had a pencil skirt but it was in that it was in the pattern the colors yeah. that she had for her wedding and i thought it was so cute i should actually i need to find
1: that skirt but it's um, called a shebe that's what it's called it's basically like african shebe. like uh, like african like bridesmaids basically so you you and all your girls wear like the same fabric my sister did that and so like you give your girls her fabric and everybody gets to cut it in their own flattering way so that's you were part of her ashebe. Oh, okay. I'm probably saying it with the wrong uh, inflection. I know there's some ebos out there who are <laughs> cringing. Cringe away, ebos. I know. I have the worst ebo accent. <laughs> Me too.
2: I got to work on that. Um, no, I love it, though. Love it. Beautiful. I'm on naija.com looking at some examples right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll get you a little something. I'll start you off with a little coin purse. <laughs> <laughs> coin purse? The starter pack. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> Okay. Um I'm actually going to break um I'm going to break. I'm really trying to get my I'm really trying to get my uh my meal planning down. So I, you know I broke. I had to take a break from Green Chef, which I did. I finally you know they make it really hard to cancel your subscription to Green Chef. They do not want you to go. And this may be the case for all these meal delivery plans, but like you can skip a week. You can go to your calendar and say, I'm going to skip this week. But then you have to do it. You can only do up to four weeks at a time. So you have to remember to come back and skip if you forget. And thank goodness I checked my email and I saw a reminder because I had skipped the last four weeks. And it was like, you're due for a meal kit next week. You only have 24 hours to cancel it. And I quickly canceled. I was like, I'm done with this. I want to cancel. You have to send an email to them. You can't even like do it through the website. You have to – and the answer to how do I cancel my subscription isn't anywhere easy to find. It's not in your account settings. It's not in your profile. You actually have to go to the FAQ and then find the question, how do I cancel my subscription, all the way at the bottom almost, um, and then email them personally to ask to have your subscription canceled. So that was like a mini break. But anyway, my my real break is I was like, okay, we're going to go to Trader Joe's this weekend. I'm going to get – I'm going to get like – I'm going to get some protein. I'm going to get vegetables. I'm going to get – I got some spaghetti squash to make like my favorite, you know, low-carb pasta or whatever. Um, Have you ever had spaghetti squash? Side note. Uh, No, I'm not a big squash fan. But listen, if you're doing like vegan, I don't – you can't eat pasta, right? Because it has eggs in it, right? Listen, like spaghetti squash, it's so cool. You cut it in half. You put it in the oven. I mean it looks crazy. It looks like the inside of a pumpkin. You have to scoop the seeds out. But then you just drizzle olive oil, salt and pepper, put it face down on a pan for forty-five minutes, and that's it. And then you can take a fork and you scrape it, and it it comes out like noodles, but it's squash and doesn't have any strong taste. It's just like a really good, and it takes on the flavor whatever sauce you put on it. So it becomes like a really healthy alternative to spaghetti. Side note: you should you should definitely try it. You have to. Put in the rotation, but um, I don't
1: know. I'm like, you try. Her- I, may have I, know. I know it so good. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna try because I only don't like squash because of a bad childhood experience that I have carried with me. Some
2: spaghetti- <laughs> that, <the laughs> s- <the> squash <laughs> horror story.
1: So I'm like, so I. Ever since then, I'm just like, I don't like squash, even though I probably have not like I like pumpkin, which is isn't that a form of squash? Who eats pumpkin? I mean it's it's
2: sweet <laughs> <What>? <laughs> pumpkin like a pumpkin pie, that's not real pumpkin,
1: no, I've had like there's like um there's just Jamaican dishes that they have like pumpkin, it's like pumpkin soup and pumpkin stew, and I like it, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so i'm gonna try i'll I will try it's not really, it's fun
2: and it's okay. tasty, but uh, I'm getting off track again yet yes. again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we always do. We're like, where, were, where were
2: we? Okay. <laughs> um so first I took a mini break, now sidebar. Now back to the main break. Anyway, <laughs> we're at Trader Joe's, I'm getting all these ingredients and I get home. First of all, I'm exhausted from even going to Trader Joe's. And then I spend the next three hours. I'm gonna I try to cook all the food I'll need for lunch during the week because I usually spend like between twelve and fifteen dollars a day eating out in New York City for lunch or whatever. Easily $12, $15. So I'm trying to cook enough lunch for the week to try it out. It took me Four hours. Like I what? didn't know how much your back could hurt from standing in the kitchen all day. Because it's not just like cooking one piece of chicken or two pieces like for two people. When you're trying to – you need every pot and pan, like the biggest pans you have. Everything takes longer to cook when you're cooking in a big batches. Um, maybe I was just a little too ambitious with the meal I chose. But I felt like it was not worth the money I was saving to spend four hours of my Sunday, my beautiful Sunday. Just just like
1: slaving over a hot stove. So that's my break. I mean, I think that cooking can be kind of overrated. I'm not going to lie. Some days <laughs> I'm just like – I remember one time hearing like this radio host saying, look, my job as a wife is to make sure you eat. Whether or not I cook it or not, that's my business. <laughs> and that's,
2: I, I, I wish that's, my, my mom was that way too. My mom would, would like know – she would have no guilt over just slapping down a sack of Taco Bell tacos on like a Wednesday night and being like, this is all that's going to happen tonight. Kids
1: adjust your expectations. Yeah. is all I can do. <laughs> so I feel like that's how, I mean, I do cook because I do enjoy it, but there are nights where I'm like, yeah, so the good thing about whole foods is they have a hot whole food market, which I want.
2: <laughs> and right, so, yeah.
1: yeah. So like th- Friday nights, I just don't cook. And then, um, I just kind of cook when I get a chance. Like today, you know, Superman, for whatever reason, he decided he wanted uh, meatball subs or parm or whatever it is. So he made them, which I thought was so cute for him and Supergirl. And I was like, OK, well, I'm glad you cook today because Mondays are like my busiest days. And so he he cooks, but typically he cooks very guyish. So today was like a huge departure. I was like, look at you getting fancy because he has this thing called turkey roni, which I'm like, uh I was going to say, how do you eat meatball subs? Well, he just well, he, we just like we um have the ground turkey. So he just seasoned them up and bake them, which I'm not sure if that's the way you're supposed to do it, but I was like, I guess. <laughs> you can bake meatballs, yeah. Okay, I wasn't because <laughs> I was like, what's happening? Blind leading the blind. <laughs> so he's, like, baking, there's, like, 12 meatballs. He's, like, baking them, and I guess he went out and went to get, like, that crusty, like, long bread, you know? Yeah. That And just gonna cut them and slice them and then put, like, two or three meatballs in each and some cheese and some sauce and, you know, him and Supergirl will have a delicious time, I guess, and so... Um, I thought that was cute, but usually his his normal fare is very um, basic, to say the least. Like like I said, turkey roni, which is just elbow macaroni with ground turkey. It's basically spaghetti sauce, spaghetti with elbow macaroni and ground turkey, and like you know whatever mixed bag of vegetables. Mm-hmm. And he swears that it is the bomb. dot because he'll make a that of it. You could swim in the. I'm like, who is eating all this turkey roni, sir? It's uh, so <laughs>
2: They're like, I'm putting it in the freezer. We'll save it for later. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In the back.
1: Whenever he makes turkey rosti, I just invite the neighborhood kids. They always knock on the door for food anyway. I'm like, who wants turkey roni? They're like, oh, Mr. Drown made turkey roni. And I'm like, sure did. Oh <laughs> sure did. <laughs> well,
2: I'm back to small batch cooking and yeah. eating out because I feel like my time is worth money but i'm like what's the point in doing well i mean there were i remember back in my law 360 like business insider days when i would literally get the 99 cent can of sad trader joe's soup and i would eat and i would mix it with the free pretzel rod sticks we used to have in the kitchen at business insider and i would nuke it in the microwave and i'm not even like the saddest soups like turkey chili like like dog food and like split pea soup i can still remember the texture of the split pea soup from trader joe's cuz that's all i could you know i was so broke and you know that that was eight years ago, Mandy. Like, treat yourself to a ten dollar salad.
1: Just do it. Just do it. Right. That it is hard to get past that. We should talk about that. In, um. In uh, like one day for our um tips or whatever. Like, how do you get past the financial guilt of not being yeah. broke anymore?
2: And and like treat like how do you know when it's lifestyle inflation? Because you have to worry about that too. You know. Like just because I'm earning more doesn't mean I need to be wilding out and like doing, you know, getting the bigger apartment, getting the bigger, you know, car. And not that I'm doing that, but I think people run into that problem. And it's, it's like, yeah, you want to prevent that, but also you don't want to be nickel and diming yourself to death to where you know you're spending half your Sunday, like I was slaving. Yeah. All right.
1: All right. Well, questions. We have a good question today
2: questions as always we have some good questions um just a reminder you guys can go to brown com, send us your questions you can be anonymous we promise no one has been outed yet on this show um we will keep except your for, except for
1: our boos right they're like mm, you said my name thanks
2: zillions <laughs> of times and if you follow us on instagram i mean at least me you know who the boo is but anyway um the biggest the the worst kept secret in <laughs> <history>. <laughs> um Anyway, yeah, we have a good question. So brianambitionpodcast.com and send us a question. Click the Ask Us Anything tab. Or you can email us at brianambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Dot com. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I
1: saw you pause. I was like, oh, she paused. That was a me. layup.
2: I set it up for you.
1: <laughs> you did.
2: Okay. Um, okay, we have a good question. So this person, his, her name is Tiana. Um, she said, like, I really need to repair my credit and I don't know where to begin. Besides my student loans, which are currently in deferment and a voluntary repossession, I don't have much on my credit report negatively. I have a lot of inquiries that need to be removed, but I need to find out the best secured card and how to get some financial freedom. Tiana wants to rebuild her credit.
1: Ooh. So her student loans
2: are in deferment. She has a voluntary repo. That's a car repossession, I'm assuming, on her credit. She has inquiries, so it sounds like she's been applying for credit. Yeah. And she says that needs to be removed. Well, those can't be removed.
1: I was going to say that.
2: <laughs> Ugh. Point
1: one. Well, I think, well, where you work, Mandy, is a great place to start. To magnify money for secured cards. That's where I send everyone, honestly.
2: What's a secured card, Tiffany?
1: Well, a secured card is, <laughs> I call it a credit card with training wheels. Because a secured card is like, hey, girl, we don't trust you with our money. So what we're going to do... <laughs> What we're going to do is we're going to take your money about five or $600 and put it in a money market account, which is just a glorified savings account. And then we're going to give you a card and guess what your limit's going to be that same $600 that we put up. And as you're swiping your card, if for whatever reason you decide to get cute and not pay us, we're going to just take the money out of your money market account and pay off the card. I, I, I cannot stress enough how important it is that if you are not ready to make on time payments, do not get a secured card like you could because it's already like I equate getting a secured card was like mm, you kind of messed up in in um, in credit class. So you're set to detention. So you have time to redeem yourself. But if you act up in detention, then you might get expelled. So if you're not really ready to do what to do right with a secured card, because what that what does that say? If you're like, yo, I can't even pay myself back. No one is going to trust you to pay them back. So that's what I would go to magnify money type in kind of uh, like if you I think it's like a drop down menu for secured cards um, and um, just know that you have to pony up usually a bit between like five and six hundred dollars and they'll put that up for you and they'll give you the, um, the secured card for that limit and also a great place to look for a secured card is your bank. Some banks have secured cards and sometimes I prefer getting a secured card directly from the bank that you actually bank at if they have one because like Superman, when I met him, he had a secured card at his bank and then after meeting him and helping him like pay, like get his credit, like to where it needed to be, they actually took the secured part off his card and made it a regular card. So the bank, because it was already a bank card, he didn't have to reapply for a regular card. They just basically upgraded him without that inquiry, which was great. Um, even though he thought that he won five thousand five hundred dollars he was like, Babe, I got $500. <laughs> Mandy, you would have been rolling. We're at the bank, which is like weird because who goes to the bank, but whatever. And I guess he checked his balance. He was like, let's go. I'm like, why are we rushing out? He was like, there's $500 in my account. And I was like, sir. Like, either way, if it's not yours, they got to come get it. Like, what do you think is happening? And so we asked the front. And, like, you know, they looked at his account. They're like, oh, your secured card, you've done well with it for, like, the last six months or eight months or whatever. And we made it a regular card, so we just gave you back your security, basically. And Um, I looked at him like, you were about to go out there and trick up your money, your own money. Well, dang, they need to notify you so you don't get confused. (laughs) He was so excited. He was like, oh.
2: (laughs) Go to the bank. We need to make a withdrawal.
1: (laughs) I don't, let's go, babe, let's go. I was Just,
2: like, what? <laughs> yeah. How many, how many headlines have you, we always see the one, like once every few or a few months, there's always a headline like, so and so spent like a, a multi thousand dollar, you know, mysterious deposit of the bank account and then so and so got arrested or so and so, you know, get clawed back by the bank. You don't, don't, unlike, it's one thing, you know, recently I got a um, payout from like an old insurance claim I completely forgot about. And like, I'm not going to do my due diligence to make sure that, you know, go back and remember what this check is all about or what it was like from three years ago. I called them, they said yes, it's a fine to cash it, so I cashed it. But like a bank? I don't know. I feel like that's the one thing. If you get a mysterious bank deposit that's you don't yeah. want to just assume that it's yours.
1: Because it's not.
2: It probably <laughs> ain't. But um yeah, secured cards. I'm gonna actually last year for the Live Richer Challenge, Magnify Money, we did like a secured credit card guide, right? Ooh, for yeah. your for your Live Richer participants. So I might just resurrect that and put that in the show notes, if you're looking for a secured card, and also if you're like brand new and you just got started college or you graduated from college and you didn't have any credit while you were in college, don't have any student loans or whatever, then a secured card is a good way to build credit. Even if like it's not just for people who have bad credit, it's also mm-hmm. good if you don't have any credit, yeah, um, to rebuild it.
1: So. And also, what do you think about self lenders? So, thus far, I've I've liked them. I don't have know enough
2: heard? about self lender. I know I know enough to. Be like, I don't know if I trust this.
1: Well, I, I, a year ago, I started doing a little bit of research on them and a bunch of, uh, because a bunch of dream catchers, you know, the um Bajanista gang, they um started say, signing up on their own. So I was like, and they would ask me my opinion. And I was, I was like, well, I can't, I can't, you know, give a thumbs up to anything that I have not signed up and used. So I did just to see. And honestly, thus far, I mean, well, my credit score was pretty good already. So I was a hard gauge, you know, because I'm in the 800s. Um, but I, I certainly didn't drop anything. So the way self lender works for those of you listening is that self lender, you, you sign up for self lender. I always say b- borrow the smallest amount possible, which is, I think it's $500. But when you're borrowing quote unquote, $500, they're not actually giving you the 500. They're putting it in that same money market account. Like we talked about before, and then you pay it back every month. And it's, I think it's like maybe like uh 49 bucks or whatever it is. Um, And then at at the end of the year, you have paid back the 500 and then they basically give you that money back because you never actually got it. So you're basically putting up the money. You get that lump sum back, that 500 back. And I think it costs by the time it's all said and done, it costs like maybe like, I don't know, I want to say 20 or 30 bucks or whatever. Like that's the quote unquote fee because you're going to be paying the monthly amount plus a little interest um, every month. And so it ends up being about 20 something bucks from what I remember. what I like about self lender is that one, you know, as you're paying the monthly fee or you're paying the monthly, um, you know, uh, the $500 off in monthly increments, it shows for 12 months that you've paid. Every single month, so that's what's supposed to raise your credit score. And at the end, when you pay it off, you get an additional boost because you paid off a debt in full, even though you technically didn't get that money. And then it's a savings tool in that you get that lump sum back uh, to you. So thus far, honestly, I've liked it. It's been about a year, so I can confidently say I haven't had any negative um, uh, feedback about Self Lender. I signed up, and like I said, for me, it's a little weird because I already had good credit, so. I definitely have heard people varying degrees of success as far as credit score bump. Um, So, you know, some people like, you know, oh, I raised a hundred something points and some people 20. So it all depends on like your other credit stuff. Um, And what I, what I really like about self-lenders is there's no inquiry. They don't, you don't get, um, approved by self lender based upon your credit history. You get approved based upon what's called check systems, which is basically like the bank's tattletale system. So if you overdraft with a bank and don't pay them back or you owe the bank money, they will report you to check systems and they'll basically other banks won't mess with you as a result. So self lender just looks there and says, have you been reported to check systems? If the answer is no, then you'll, then you can check, then you'll, you can sign up for um self lender. So it's not, it's not contingent upon your, um, your credit score, credit report. So,
2: so basically self lender is like a secured card, except it's an online loan and you're not like actually swiping a card.
1: Exactly. And what, what's different is that because a lot of people don't have the five or 600 for the, um, for the secured card that you have to put up. So self lender doesn't require that. They basically say, Hey, Mandy, you're going to borrow 500 from us, but we're not going to give it to you. We're going to put it up, but you're going to pay it back. And then once you finish paying it back, we're gonna give you your money back. So it, it's okay. a, if you don't have the money for a secured card, it's another option. That's what I like about it because not everybody has five or six hundred dollars.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely true. That's interesting. I actually Magnify Money did a review on this right before I started last year, and I'll post that as well. Just it'll just it kind of breaks down what Tiffany was just talking about, how self lender works, pros and cons, mm-hmm. and other ways to build credit.
1: Yeah, there's a bunch of ways, and that's great. Uh, you can also sign up for the Live Richer Challenge. Me and Mandy, you know, were integral parts. I mean, obviously I was, but... <laughs> yeah, Tiffany <Timothy, laughs> <Timothy> was around. <laughs> but no, it's totally free, and we partner with Magnify Money. And then every week, you guys get to... Because we had such a good time. We do like a... Me and Mandy did like a weekly powwow um, to talk about the challenge. And So if you go to LRCcredit.com, it's totally free. It's awesome. And there's a bunch of Magnify Money... um like uh, resources and stuff in there. So LRC credit for literature challenge, um, dot com, and if, if you want to raise your credit score without having to pay anybody to help you. <laughs> okay, it's time for Wednesday. Get it, Wednesday. Did I do that last week? I did,
2: right? You did, but it's still good.
1: Yes, it's still good. Wednesday wins. The pun Get has it legs. Wednesday. Yeah, butum bum ching. We'll be here all night. All right, so wins. You go first because I'm still thinking about my win.
2: Yeah, so I rewatched Hidden Figures over the weekend because it's just becoming—it's becoming my favorite feel-good movie. Um, but um, I wanted to give a special special shout out because Katherine Johnson, um, who was portrayed by, of course, Taraji P Henson, um, in the movie NASA. Um, Uh, Oh, I'm pulling up the headline now. NASA just decided to honor her and gave her a a dedicated a new research facility to her um, after decades of her being a, quote unquote, hidden figure. And if you haven't seen Hidden Figures, you must, you must go out and see it right now. It's such a good movie. But shout out to Katherine Johnson, who's like, I don't know, how old is she now, like 100 or something? I don't know. She's just finally getting her dues.
1: I love that. Um, For me, my win is just brown women. Because I feel like right now we're really I mean not that we haven't been slaying, but I feel like the world is starting to you know starting to realize like from Rihanna and Fenty Beauty, from like you said hidden figures, from like a girl's trip. I just feel like there's this uptick and trend in like brown girl dopeness that we knew like in our brown girl community, but I feel as like the world is like, hold up, wait a minute. I'm like, yeah we've we been lit we, we, what we've we been lit. Oh, you just now <laughs> noticing. me. <laughs> Best kept secret. Yes, and I just feel like you know that it's like you know what is it? Was it Forbes that that had that article that said the fastest growing group that is that are starting businesses is black women, mm-hmm. and so brownness overall is just really rocking out. And I just you know just want to give a shout out to my other brown sisters out here in the struggle, just trying to be cute and fly and maintain life, and um, we see you, and um, and we just enjoy you because we know that. You make up the majority of our audience, although we love you all. You know, just a little shout out to the brown, um, brown ambition sis stars.
2: To piggyback though, I feel like it's not just, it's not just it's it's brown women, but it's also brown women supporting brown women. It's like a lot of there's this real sense of community and like holding people up and letting them shine and shining lights on other people, and it's just it it goes against every stereotype out there. I think of yes. how women interact with one another. Um, you know even at I, I don't know I just I I just feel it I feel like the women in my life you know the older I get become even more important and um, you know shout out to women helping women I love that gif of like have you seen it with yes! the, you know, know you know exactly. I'm not even yes! describing it you know what I'm yes! talking about
1: with it's like the-, the women lifting each other up and it's so dope it's like yeah. a cartoon yeah 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 Yeah, I love that gif I feel like now you have to find it and put it inside the um. <laughs> so, so yeah Now it's time to say goodbye to all our family. b-r-o-w-f Ambition.
2: That was good. And now I know what the reference is. What? Mickey Mouse Club. You told me that one time. I didn't know what it was. Oh, yeah. It was a whole thing. Now I know. (laughs) The Education of Mandy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's the Miseducation of Mandy.